You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 20. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Today on the podcast, I'll be answering the question, what should I do about my miserable middle schooler? And before we get started, I want to invite you to join me for my webinar at the end of the month. I'm going to be doing one on overcoming overwhelm. Just go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash overwhelm and you can sign up so that we can get together live on a webinar and get you feeling some calm and peace. And today we're going to talk a little bit about overwhelm too, but I'll read the question first. It says, my son is finishing up seventh grade and had a terrible year. He is begging me to homeschool him next year. He has always struggled with reading, but got through elementary school with help and support. He's a bright kid, knows everything about every type of animal, habitat, loves turning over rocks and finding bugs of all kinds. My joyful nature lover has turned into a miserable, despondent lump. We made him stick it out all year, hoping things would get better, but he struggles with just about everything school has to offer. Sitting in a classroom, listening, learning, doing homework. He makes friends easily, but I'm worried about how homeschooling will limit his socializing and mess up his opportunities for college and future. What should I do about my miserable middle schooler? Well, Lynette, this is a great question. I'm sorry you're having to deal with that. It's no fun when our kids are unhappy. It's just a pain. But my parent educator answer I will give you first, which really I want you to know that this is might be more common than you'd think. This middle school misery happens on a pretty regular basis, but especially for kids who have undiagnosed learning disabilities. They get through elementary school just fine, but middle school tends to magnify problem areas. Now, I don't know if your kid has disabilities or has been diagnosed or anything, but it just it tends to magnify the problems because the workload increases. There's so many different subjects and there isn't maybe the support that elementary school had. It just makes the disparity seem even bigger. So the amount of work creates a bottleneck for kids with attention problems. So there's too much information coming in and causing attentional fatigue. And it's too much information that they're not interested in, of course. It's this mental fatigue that causes kids to zone out, and then they miss the critical information that the teacher's telling them, and so they're always feeling behind and playing catch-up, and they never really can just focus and get what they need to get done because they're just generally not interested in the subject that they're learning about. Kids who struggle to pay attention at school do not have a focusing problem when it comes to things they want to be doing. These kids have the ability to hyper-focus on things that fascinate them, but having too much uninteresting information at school doesn't leave time left over for one's passions. So when there isn't time to learn about things that truly light your kid up, then you're going to end up with a grumpy zombie child. 
So kids without learning disabilities can struggle with traditional school also. Highly sensitive children can soak up the insecurities on a middle school campus so much that they feel lost and drained. <laughs> like they walk around like little sponges and they're so tuned into like what everybody else is thinking and saying and feeling and doing that they come home and they're just like full of other people's energy and it takes them a while to kind of wring it out and find themselves again. And so they can be really tired and feel drained at the end of the day because they're just soaking up everybody else's stuff. With so much pressure put on kids to perform and the fast pace of society, the mental and emotional health of students is of really high concern. Any kid who has a predisposition towards anxiety might find their symptoms ramping up during these sensitive years. Our brains are not designed for the amount of stress and input that we're taking in. You know, I've seen a difference in my ability to focus my attention just in the last maybe five years, I would say. I used to read all the time. I loved reading nonfiction books and parenting books and you know, life coaching books and all this. And I kind of stopped reading. I'd been watching more TV and things to wind down at night. And now when I go to read, I notice that my brain has a harder time staying focused and I kind of wanders off while I'm just on a page. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but I have to become, I've become more selective on the books that I choose because they really have to grab my attention from the very beginning or I just can't seem to sustain interest. So I'm definitely noticing the effects. I wonder if you guys are too. So... My life coaching answer for Lynette is I think it's helpful to start just accepting reality as it currently is today, because we could argue that society is too fast paced. We could you know, argue that schools should be designed to nurture the whole human being and not just so focused on college and grades and the workforce and test scores. It would be wonderful if our educational institutions were able to meet the unique needs of all children. Could your child learn to adapt better to the system that he's in? Maybe. Like all those things, maybe. We could argue that. But for clarity and peace, we just want to accept that schools are as they are right now, that your child's brain and personality is what it is, and that your son has an easy time making friends. So let's just assume that that's going to continue wherever he goes. You pointed out that he has an appetite for learning subjects that he's interested in, which will probably rekindle once he has some free time and some mental space. We don't know what the future will bring. If he stays in school, he might enter such a depressed state that he can't handle high school, let alone college and beyond. But the same thing if you pull him out. You could pull him out and homeschool him and he might enter into a deep depression and not be able to handle high school, college and beyond. We don't know the future. All we know is that right now he is struggling with school and he thinks he has found a solution. He wants you to try homeschooling. So an easy way to increase happiness is to offer contrast. When you're blazing hot and you jump into a cold pool, it feels fabulously refreshing. If you are cold and you jump into the same cold pool, it feels terrible. We like to have contrast. It makes us appreciate and notice things 
that much more. You know, you go camping in the woods and you come home and your bed feels just delightful and delicious and you enjoy being clean after being so dirty and smoky. You might be trying to drink like eight glasses of water every day and that's just boring and difficult. But when it's hot outside and you are thirsty, then water is like the best beverage on the planet. So contrast can increase happiness. So I'm wondering if Lynette could increase her child's happiness by offering a contrasting experience. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do this. I mean, some parents have found sending their kids off on, oh, like an outward bound kind of experience to be really helpful or life-changing and just, you know, send them I know a mom whose uh, son was really struggling and she sent him to live with the Mormon relatives in Utah for a few weeks so he could get a taste of what life was like, you know, without the kind of negative influences he had fallen into here and just like to learn how to have fun again and play with his cousins. And so lots of different contrasting experience because can help your kid. I'm going to give you a few different scenarios of other moms who were in your shoes and found homeschooling that worked for them. I cannot tell you what's right for you or for your child. Only you know what's best. Now, if you want to schedule up a free discovery call, I can certainly help you find your own wisdom and, you know, find that access. Uh, just go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash work with me with hyphens in between the words work with me. But you've got to figure out what is right for you, wrong for you, right for your kid. So I'm hoping that these stories will help you access your inner wisdom. So I'll start by telling you my my own story. My son got a head injury when he was 11, and he just could not function at school in sixth grade. His hormones were completely out of whack. Cortisol was through the roof, which means he was super stressed. He couldn't sleep at night. He couldn't get up in the morning. He felt easily overwhelmed, crazy overstimulated. Just, it was really not, there was clearly a lot of things going on wrong for him. And he missed a lot of school in the first quarter of his sixth grade year. And then would get so stressed out about the absence and trying to catch up on the missing assignments. And by November, it was clear that he was not getting any better. And so we pulled him out of school. We never wanted him to feel like he was trapped and like he had to make, we always said, there's always options. If you're really stressed, we'll figure something else out. So we ended up pulling him to school and treating the concussion that we found out six months later is what he had. And so he laid in bed with the darkened blinds and put a blanket over his head for a couple of months. And he just did online school. It was this really great program and he could just get through it. And, and it wasn't a wonderful, enriching experience for him, but he it was enough to get him through sixth grade. He didn't have to repeat it. And he continued to play soccer. And then by April, he was able to go on to a sixth grade science camp thing with his friends. And he loved it. You know, you spend three months at home in bed with your mom, and then you get to hang out for a week with your friends in nature. The contrasting experience for him was so great that it gave him a new appreciation for the structure of school, for his classmates, and he couldn't wait to go back to school in the seventh grade, and he stayed in school all the way through. So that was our situation. There's another mom I'm going to tell you about. Sherry pulled her son out of middle school at his request. 
Her job allowed her to work remotely, so she enrolled him in a Shakespeare theater program where he read, studied, performed, fundraised, set design, you name it. He got to study every aspect of theater with others who shared his passion, while mom just worked on her laptop and her phone. For the other subjects, he worked online or with a tutor at the kitchen table. It's been a few years. He has no interest in going back. He absolutely loves what he's doing, and he's a very happy kid. Catherine's daughter had really bad anxiety, and it was becoming unmanageable for her. She felt pressured. She was missing lots of school due to headaches and other like vague symptoms, you know, that were kind of stress-related and anxiety-related. So Catherine pulled her out of school, found a retired teacher on Craigslist who had dyslexia training and was willing to come to her house three hours a day, five days a week. Her daughter missed her friends and did not like this new arrangement. She still saw her friends after school and at gymnastics, but she did not like sitting for three hours a day at the kitchen table. Now It was kind of nice because she got finished with all of her schoolwork in three hours, didn't have to sit as long as she did in the school day. And so she had some extra time to like learn how to relax, learn how to manage her anxiety. But she was also just very motivated to return to school with her friends the following year. And she was totally ready to do that. And she never went back to homeschooling. Now, Eileen's sixth grade daughter was sinking into depression. Everything about school seemed like a chore. The work, the social dynamics, being pulled out for extra academic help made her feel like embarrassed and all this attention was on her. And she just hated feeling different. So her parents pulled her from school and divided up her studies between mom, dad, and grandma. They increased her time at her favorite horse ranch. So she was getting to spend like 10 to 12 hours a week there, which was just her happy place. And the more time she spent with the horses, the more you could see the light coming back in her eyes, the more her creativity blossomed and her artwork seemed to kind of bloom and expand more than it did when she was in school. Now, her parents don't know what they're going to do next year, but they've decided to let their daughter's happiness and mental health guide their decisions. So my hope is that these examples of other moms give you support and guidance as you make this difficult decision, or maybe it's just a small minor decision and it's just enough to give him a little bit of contrast and a little taste of what else is out there and let him decide on his own, you know. Sometimes we figure out what we don't like before we figure out what we do like. And that's a really normal part of growing up. And so sometimes all one needs is a contrasting experience. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is information overload. Information overload occurs when the amount of input into a system exceeds its processing capacity. Too much information causes a bottleneck in the brain, increasing feelings of stress, overwhelm, and reducing the quality of our decisions. So the amount of information that we take into our brain continues to skyrocket. So here's this statistic. It's a little old. I want you to hear this. I want you to imagine just like a regular newspaper. Okay. If you combine like a weekday with a Sunday paper, it's about 85 pages long. In 1986, we received about 40 newspapers full of information every day. 
in 2007, this rocketed to 174 newspapers full of information we are taking into our brains every day. It is now 2019. How many bits of information do you think we're taking our brain now? It might be like 500 or 500 newspapers worth is my prediction. I don't know, but it feels like a lot to me. So having too much information streaming in not only affects our children's mental well-being, but our mental well-being, right? When we are trying to make important decisions like what to do about our child's education, it is easy to get bogged down with information, choices, options, other people's opinions. Oh, Lordy. Be wary of spending too much time Googling and online and Facebook forums and pages and all that stuff. Because your intuition, your gut instinct about what's right for you and your family can get buried underneath all that information and everybody else's opinions and what works for them. So just be wary of it. It could be good, but I just want you to be aware of it. The world is changing really fast and it's more important than ever that we slow down, focus on our children's well-being and listen to our gut intuition. Today's super mom power boost is something called forest bathing. Forest bathing basically means to go into a forest and stay a while. Breathe, sit, walk, savor. Since I am writing this from my campsite in a magnificent redwood forest on the California coast, I couldn't help but choose this for today's super mom power boost. Forest bathing was developed in Japan during the 1980s and is suggested for preventative health care and healing in Japanese medicine. Researchers in Japan and South Korea have gathered significant scientific literature on the health benefits of spending time under the canopy of a living forest. And let me tell you, I agree. I feel so nourished when I come here to my little redwood grove and the California coast and the state park that's just a beautiful, magnificent cathedral of trees. Forest bathing or immersing yourself in a forest is shown to boost immune system function, reduce blood pressure and stress, improve mood, sleep, and energy levels. Being in the woods is shown to increase focus, especially in children with ADHD. If you have a kid with ADHD, read uh, Last Child in the Woods. I think it's David Elkind. Oh my gosh, such a, such a good book. For moms trying to make important decisions, there is tremendous value in cutting out all external input and listening to your own gut intuition and your own voices and your own values. Like all of those things, we want to hear what they have to say, but it's hard to hear them when our brains are full of other people's opinions. So let the forest shift you into a relaxed, receptive state First, then notice how your creativity and the quality of your thinking can improve. Today's quote of the day, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Albert Einstein. I wish you a beautiful, magnificent time in the forest. <laughs> I will picture you there. Hopefully you can find a forest near you somewhere. And I will love you and leave you. Take care.
Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.